I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today on Fairy God Boss Radio, I'm talking with Laura Peterson, Senior Client Account Leader at Accenture, and also a good personal friend. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be happier to be your first guest, and we uh, consider our relationship with Fairy Godboss just as special. So, thank you. Uh, so, we're talking to leading women, and we're asking some of the tough questions that don't normally get asked. Um, so, before I dive in, can you just tell us a little bit about? what you do, what's your job? Yeah, absolutely. So as a kind of senior client account lead from Accenture, we, our business spans everything from strategy to consulting to digital technology operations. And my job is to sit with our clients, uh, particularly those in the New York area, some of our larger and, and more strategic clients and help work with those executives to understand their business, understand their problems and work across Accenture's five businesses to bring the best of Accenture to our clients to drive different innovations and business value. Excellent. Well, when we talk uh, to women across the spectrum, I think it's interesting to learn and hear how client service driven businesses uh, are changed where when gender comes into play and how gender plays a role when your job is customer service. So to start with, I'd love to ask you, how do you think gender has played a role in your career? How might your, your whole career path have been different if you were a man? It's, it's an interesting question because there's obviously good and bad to, you know, to, to any particular aspect of, of, of a person or, or, or characteristic. So there's been good and bad of it. As a female and working mother, uh, the degree of complexity and juggling kind of the, the degree of difficulty of the dive is a bit higher at times uh, with that. So I would say there are things about, and that's gender and lifestyle, that have make that dedicated focus a bit harder, um, a bit a bit harder to do. I'm very lucky in that as a client service organization, Accenture is adamantly and passionately committed to gender diversity and advancing female executives. So I've always had really good sponsorship and, you know, very good mentoring and great opportunities. Um, there are certain things and interactions where I might have been underestimated, where, you know, certain meetings may have been um, a bit harder, where certain clients were a bit more difficult um, based on based on my gender. But at the same time, there's been positive to it as well. As a female in a client service business, my ability to engage emotionally with clients, build deeper relationships uh, beyond just the business, it, it seems to be more natural for me to ask about their family, to get to know other aspects of clients, whether they're male or female. Um, has certainly been an advantage. And while men can do that, I think it's a bit easier with um, women tending to have higher EQ and the ability to step out of the classic male executive persona that it actually is an advantage at times um, as well. I love it. Pros and cons. That's perfect. Um, tell us about some of the other women you've encountered along the way in your career, some positive experiences, and if there have been any negative experiences. I Obviously, there have been there have been a lot of both. I think I tend to categorize the women in, in my life and and throughout my career into kind of three archetypes or categories, right? Those who are my tribe, yourself, Romy, um, you know, good good friends of mine who are colleagues, friends, uh, people who constantly have my back. Uh, they know me as well as I know myself. They are going to support me more than I do on my bad days, uh, and they 
are the ones that are kind of unconditionally there to cheerlead and call and who really get you. So that's kind of the the group of women who I think play a large role, um, you know, in my career and have become more important the more senior I've gotten. Um, so that concept of tribe and and really having having a group of women around um, who I can be unguarded with, uh, you know, is is incredibly incredibly important and helpful. Um, there are those leaders who I look to for inspiration, right? So as I think about Ellen Shook, who you know well, and and uh, you know Marge Magner and, and others, um, you know, in the Accenture world, who over the years, even um, as an early analyst, Anne Dupont in Denver, there were there's always been a cadre of them who are inspiring. They're they're women that kind of show you what's possible and also get to know you and believe in you. So those who are kind of putting a hand backwards to help help pull you up, I think, is a very very special group. And then there are those who, you know, pay me the greatest compliment of asking for my advice or support and kind of that group um, who, you know, I can only hope to hope to provide some, you know, help to as as they go through their careers, give me a ton of energy and I learn just as much from. And then that's kind of how I think about the fem- the groups of females over the years, then just like any other um, group of leaders, there are male and women leaders that you follow through your career who show you who you want to be like and who you don't want to be like. And I'd say there's an equal balance of gender in that group. So you talked about putting the hand backward Mm -hmm. and I admire you for how you make time to do that. Can you talk a little bit about your best practices there? I think for me, it's making sure that I am, Accenture has a thing called truly human and it's about bringing kind of your whole self to work, good, bad, ugly, um, you know, and, and it's, for me, the best practices around that have a lot to do with making sure that my teams and those around me can see the whole person that each of us brings to work, what we're juggling, what we're dealing with, and making that real. Um, I think that having the perfect executive persona out there is unhelpful to putting a hand backwards and helping women believe that you can, in fact, juggle it. It is a juggle. Let's not kid anybody. Uh, but that it's a very doable one and there's a lot of support that goes into it, but there's a lot of reward that goes into it as well. So I think it's really important as I put a hand back to both um, help people understand that that is real but doable and provide them a relatable example of what they can see themselves wanting to do and that perfection's not the goal. Um, it's impossible, right? So I think that's that's an important thing that um, goes with putting a hand back. And then also the act of sponsorship of finding women and men, giving them the right opportunities, um, helping them through their careers and having the hard conversations about what the real choices are. I love it. Leading through imperfection. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what my my biography is going <laughs> to uh, So um, when we talk to uh, Fairy God Boss users, it seems that the number one thing that women are considering when they're looking at a job is, is this, am I going to have a good manager? Mm-hmm. What do you think defines a good manager? Uh, I think it, for me, it is a lot about being a whole human, um, making sure that uh, that your team sees that. Um, I think it's a good manager has to know themselves. They have to know what their lenses are. They have to know what their biases are. They have to know what their strengths are and therefore what they need out of you to, to balance that out. I think um, having a, a manager with low self-awareness has put us all in situations where we felt trapped or didn't feel like someone really got us. You know, to me, a good manager is so much about um, 
the feel and the commitment of the person to people development and their authenticity than it is about their skill level in something. Um, so when I think about that, I think those are the those are the characteristics and that they fundamentally have to consider their role as being a coach. Yeah, for sure. And it's not one size fits all. No. Right. Um, so mm. work-life balance yes. is something that is incredibly important to all people, but women get asked about it a lot more. <laughs> How do you make it work? Uh, remember that leading through imperfection? There's, there's, a, there's a lot of imperfection in coffee. No, I think it's, for me, it's as much about integration. Um, how do I make sure that integration with some boundaries, right? Uh, it's important to me to make sure that my family understands um, what my work is and that my work understands what my family is, right? Many of my colleagues and even some, um, you know, clients have met my son. He's 10 and he'll end up, you know, if there's a childcare thing, he'll end up at a dinner with me, um, you know, and, and that's okay. And so I think the ability to, to have some forgiveness in the fact that the lines do blur at times and that, that we're all humans important. Um, you can make anything work. I think it is a lot about knowing your own compass and when you're out of balance, how to get back to it. For me, there is no point, single point of balance. It's a, I look at it over a period of time, whether it's a month or a quarter, am I roughly caring for all the parts of my life, whether that's family, health, which usually falls to the bottom of the list, um, you know, work, being a good sister, a good daughter, a good friend, am I balancing those out over a period of time? Um, there's never balance at any given moment in time. So it's a matter of making sure that you're checking in with yourself to make all those things add up. And for what it's worth, um, it's great if your son is at a business dinner with you because I spent my whole childhood accompanying my mom to business events and it really helped prepare me. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, he, it's, it's not helpful when he starts negotiating with me based on what he's heard at business dinner. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So in speaking of imperfection, tell us about a mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? So I thought about this one and the, the biggest, the biggest one that weighs on me was actually one about balance. Um, as I was thinking about it, I agreed to go on a trip to, um, to India over Halloween when my son was probably maybe five and it was with a new client and that kind of lens that a lot of us have, and women have as much as men, you know, the whole imposter syndrome, I must prove myself every single time that voice kicked in. And even though I knew I didn't want to be gone on Halloween, I agreed to go and I was FaceTiming him from India and I was miserable watching him dressed up in his costume and I'm bawling. And I think it was definitely a mistake, right? And what it, I did learn about it was you have to figure out which moments are the precious ones. And I always say that to my teams, male or women for Halloween, there are a finite number of years that your kids want to dress up and want you around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's true across anything, but especially Halloween, there's like maybe seven where they're old enough to know if you're there and they still want you around. Um, and so knowing which of those moments that matter really matter um, and are finite and getting clear with myself on that and then having the courage to put that, put that wall up, I think was probably... It was a mistake and one that I've, I've definitely learned from. Yeah. I feel like it's so important to draw boundaries and there's actually a strength that comes from it. Yeah. But uh, the first few times it takes a lot of courage. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It can when feel so scary. I think particularly when it's about 
something that someone's trying to talk you out of. So I remember I, I got a piece of advice that was don't explain why you're saying no, simply say that's impossible. Yeah. It's really hard to talk someone out of that's impossible. Right. And so how do you learn how to do that in a way that doesn't turn into um, someone competitively convincing you how you can make it work when you know that's a line, just right. it's a line. That's very smart. I like it. I'm going to use it later. That's impossible. <laughs> All right. So um, the Fairy God Boss audience is ambitious and talented, and they love advice. Could you share some advice with them? What's one thing you think they should know? So the one thing, um, a good a, a good mentor and friend, dear friend of mine, Johnny Andrews, who I haven't spoken to in quite a while, I need to call him now that I'm going to quote him, gave me a piece of advice once that had to do with airplanes. So if you think of your career like an airplane and the amount of energy it takes for different exercises or airplane maneuvers is different, right? When you are um, ascending and you're changing altitude, there's a different level of output that an engine has to put out than when you're cruising. And so when you're, you know, first getting off the ground, it's really hard. And that can be from a new role or from a new level or, or whatever it is that initial momentum takes a lot of thrust, right? Um, then as you, as you, if you think about an airplane ascending and kind of stops at 10,000 feet for a minute, then keeps going and then stops for a minute and then finally gets to 30,000 feet. And those are different energy levels. But once it hits the altitude, you can pull back on the throttle a bit and, and you can conserve cruise and, and, and not cruise in a bad way. Cause you're still keeping the airplane in the air, which is incredibly important, right? Airplane staying at 30,000 feet is incredibly important. So it's, it's cruise, not in a, you know, I've sat back lazy sense. It's cruise in a, I'm doing what I need to do to optimize, to stay here. Right. And then there's bumps and there's turbulence and you end up having to change altitude. And there, I think it's really, if you think about that analogy, um, it's important to internalize that and know when you're doing what, because otherwise you can blindly end up shoving it into full throttle and think it takes the same energy output um, and the same frenetic pace that it does when you're just trying to get off the ground with something, which I'm sure you and Georgine know a lot about when it comes to comes to launching. And then how do you know when it's the right time to pull back a bit and not? And I think um, knowing that there are several speeds on that throttle and learning how to know which one you should be at and can be at yeah. to maintain altitude um, is really important. Um, otherwise, it's pretty easy to, to burn yourself out. For sure. That is great advice. So consider where you are in your career and are you adjusting the throttle right, accordingly? Right, right amount of gas. I love it. Um, great. All right. Well, so now we're going to ask you our fast five, okay. just some fun questions to help us get to know you better. Do you have a book to recommend to our audience, whatever category you like? So this is a book that stood the test of the last at least decade for me. Um, there's a book called Shadow of the Wind. It is a fiction book by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. I'm sure I'm butchering the last name. Um, he's a Spanish writer, and it's a really interesting book about books and the intrigue and mystery of the history of a book and an author and a novel. And it's one of those, um, I used to love adventure books and then I started working and had a child and all sorts of things that cause enough stress. So it's one of those that kind of pulls you into a little bit of a, uh, comfortable fantasy land and a, a, it really wraps you in a story. So it sounds fantastic. Very good. And try to read it. Um, 
What's your favorite way to exercise, your body or your mind? Uh, for my body, I love my trainer. I'm really, I really don't like exercising, so I have to have a personal commitment to someone to make me go. Uh, so if I'm not doing that, then my favorite way to exercise is exploring the city, walking, love just that. wandering around. Which city? Uh, I, well, New York. <laughs> I, I'm a New Yorker, um, but I, if I'm going to wander, London and Paris fall up there on the lists as well. Sounds pretty good. What's your favorite movie? This was a really hard one. I, um, favorite movie. So Finding Neverland was a movie that Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet were in. That was, again, probably 10, 15 years ago. That is a very sweet movie about um, the writing of Christopher Robin and Peter Pan and all that. So. Sounds great. I've got to read that one, too, or watch that one. Who's one person, dead or alive, you would want to have dinner with? Ruth Ginsburg. Oh, yes. Love the gumption. Love her certainty and everything. RBG. Think she thinks <laughs> she is definitely, uh, definitely a kick. So That sounds great. And lastly, karaoke is a very important brand value of Fairy God Boss. Um, so what is your go-to karaoke song? So based on some experiences at Mardi Gras in New Orleans with some dear friends who lived down there, um, I'd have to go with Journeys, Don't Stop Believing. It's a classic. It is a classic. It's a great. Well, I think that's a, a great message to leave us with. Don't stop believing. <laughs> um, Laura, thank you so much for spending time with us and for sharing your advice. It's really, really generous of you to be so honest and, and share your experience with our audience. And I know that they really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.